The Falcons missed a ton of opportunities in their 29-25 loss to the Bucks in week 14, and it perfectly sums up their disappointing 2023 season. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman covering the Falcons for many years, well over a decade, multiple decades, formerly at falcfans.com, RIP, still going strong on this illustrious podcast. You may know me as Sirius Black. You may know me as Mr. Drew. Um, I'm sure I got a, a bunch of other uh, fun nicknames that you know, I'm sure the chat is going crazy with. Go ahead and, and, and give me your best, AKA. But of course, um, you know we appreciate all you guys that are hanging out in the chat you know, commiserating on, on this Falcons loss, as well as those of you that are make this illustrious podcast, your first listen, your first watch each and every day, shout out to the everydayers. And especially, you know, now that I'm not going to say the Falcon season is over, but you know, the season is it, starting to wrap up uh, with, with this loss. Uh, but if you want to continue to be an everydayer, by all means, you know, do so by subscribing or following for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So obviously you can tell by my somber tone that uh, it, it, very disheartened from this loss. Right. And I think this loss kind of perfectly summarizes the Falcon season, right? Where they had many opportunities today against the bucks and they failed to take advantage of them. And that's the story of their season. They just blown out opportunity after opportunity. And on, in today's game, it was kind of when they got the safety midway through the second quarter, that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, they're going to lose today. Um, and, you know, they might make it a game at some point and make it interesting. And, and they did. Um, but it was like at that point, I kind of knew. And th that came with a little less than three minutes to go in the second quarter, right before halftime. And the Falcons on their previous series had missed a field goal, the first of two missed field goal from Young Way Koo in today's game and failed that opportunity to sort of take a 10 10 lead. But they got a stop on defense. And you thought, okay, put in their two minute offense, they can go down the field, get points. Then they get the ball back at the beginning of the second half. They'll get more points. And so, you know, this could easily go from a 10-10 game to a 24-10 game, or even if it went to a 16-10 game with the Falcons getting two field goals, that would have been something that would have been kind of the adrenaline shot that they needed uh, in this sort of game. And so, of course, that didn't happen because on the opening snap of their second series, the Fal or no, not on the second series, but in that, you know, in that two-minute drill, um, you know, they run play action backed up in in their end zone. Keith Smith whiffs on the block to Antoine Winfield, and he winds up stripping Desmond Ritter from behind after Ritter holds onto the ball a beat too late. Uh, Smith does recover the ball in the end zone, so it's not a defensive touchdown, but instead it's a safety. And that was kind of the moment for me, at least, where I kind of realized, okay, they're, they're going to lose today. But again, they still had plenty of opportunities after that point to win this game, despite my pessimism, to, to kind of pull it out, right? Because... They even got the ball back again before halftime with under a minute to go. 
and were able to drive down the field to get in the field goal range. And that's when young way missed his second field goal of the day, right? Both from 50 plus yards. Then you go in the third quarter where the bucks and Falcons are basically just swapping three and outs in that quarter. The bucks do put together a, a touchdown drive, um, you know, on a sort of long punishing drive, methodical drive where they really kind of ran the ball down the Falcons throats uh, and then wound up scoring on a 31 yard screen due to uh, some, you know, missed tackles or uh, guys couldn't get off blocks and whatnot. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, you get a big play from Bijan Robinson on a 33 yard, like jet sweep that sets up his three yard score. And that cuts the lead to 19 to 17 with 11 minutes ago in the game. You give up a field goal to the Bucks on the next drive, but then you respond with a touchdown drive of your own. And you take that 25, 22 lead, you know, Drake London makes a spectacular catch uh, to set up that, that score on a 45 yard play. You know, behind, besides Bijan's behind the back catch earlier this season, it's probably the best catch of a Falcon player all year long. And then Ritter finishes that drive with a, you know, six yard touchdown, beating uh, Joe Tryon Shoinka on a QB keeper to the corner. Uh, you get the two point conversion to Drake London. And so that gives you that 25 to 22 lead with about three and a half minutes left in the game. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, well, this, you know, this feels like this is too much time left on the clock. And that proved to be true. But even then, the, the Falcons even had a number of opportunities to get off the field. They they could not on the ensuing drive. They had the Bucks on a fourth and one uh, after a, a great play by Calais Campbell to get a stop on a third and one run. Uh, but the Bucks convert. And then even on that conversion, they, they nearly coughed up the ball because Andre Smith was able to punch the ball out of Rashad White's hands. Unfortunately, White was able to sort of recover it. Then you get another third and 10 later in that drive. And Chris Godwin beats D. Alford and DeMarco Hellams for a 32-yard gain. And then a few plays later, Kate Otten puts the period at the end of the sentence, beating Richie Grant in the end zone for a touchdown with 31 seconds left. So, you know, you look at all those missed opportunities the Falcons had, right? And I, I failed to mention how Desmond Ritter missed a wide-open B. John Robinson in the flat on the opening drive on a would-be touchdown, uh, but that forced you to settle for three points instead of getting seven. Failed to mention on the second drive, Ritter throws an interception when the Falcons are backed up inside their own 10-yard line, uh, which the Bucs then were able to quickly score points, uh, a touchdown on. And so your, your offense kind of with the safety in that touchdown off the turnover kind of gift wraps nine points of the Bucs in the first half. And then that missed throw in the red zone, that takes four points off the board. And then you have you know, your super reliable kicker, which you know I think with Justin Tucker missing some kicks a couple of weeks ago is the most accurate active kicker in the NFL. Last I heard, um, he misses two field goals in this game. So, you know, when you look at that, you, you say the Falcons offense probably should have scored at least 10 more points and the box probably shouldn't have scored, you know, should have scored nine less. And so if the Falcons were just a normal team that just took advantage of all the opportunities that they had, right. You know, this should have easily been a 35 to 20 win. But coulda, woulda, shoulda. That's basically the story of the Falcons season. You know, we all agree that this team has underachieved all year long. You know, whether you look at the four and four start as underachieving, I don't. Um, and you look at, you know, that that should have been a six and two start, given some of those frustrating losses to like Washington and Tennessee. Or you're like me and you look at the two games under Taylor Heineke that were losses to Minnesota and Arizona. And you say, we probably would have won those games if Desmond Ritter had been the starter. But regardless of what side of the fence you're on in that regard, you know, at the very least, this team is two wins 
underachieving, right? That instead of being six and seven right now, they should be at least eight and five, if not better at this point in time. But they're not, coulda, woulda, shoulda, because they just can't take advantage of the opportunities they have. They have every opportunity to, to be eight and five or nine and four at this point in time. And they do the thing that we've talked about is they keep shooting themselves in the foot, right? That's the story of their season. So, you know, with four games left to play, or winnable games like to play. The season's technically not over. We talked about this with Locked On Bucks co-host James Yarko that the Falcons, you know, losing this game, you know, the Bucks technically hold the tiebreaker, I think, on common games at this point in time in the NFC South. Um, with both teams having six and seven records. But the Falcons have a slightly easier schedule over their last four uh than the Bucks. So Theoretically, the Falcons still have a chance to dig themselves out of this hole, but you know, it's a deep enough hole where it's just like, you know, you know, I don't know what, what analogy I'm going to use, but you know, basically, you know, the analogy I'll, I'll instead I'll, I'll use the analogy I used on the, on the postcast. Right. And we talked about it, how, like, you know, if you look at the season as a football game and one quarter left to go, it's the beginning of the fourth quarter now. And the Falcons just into the third quarter and they had an opportunity to take the lead and they go down the field and they march down the field and you're like, okay, well, they'll, they'll take this lead. They'll get the field goal or they'll score a touchdown and they'll take this lead and, and they'll have this lead, you know, i.e. control of their destiny down the stretch in the playoff race. Right. If you're, if you're not following and they, they failed, right. And rather than settling for the field goal, they throw an interception in the end zone. That's what it feels like. And it's like, it's still technically like a, you know, Maybe they're down a point. Maybe it's a tie game or whatever going into the fourth quarter. So it's still winnable. It's a still winnable game, but they no longer sort of control their destiny is, is kind of the point. And the bitter taste that you get from going, you know, the length of a field, going 70 yards down the field and then throwing an interception at the end of the drive is, is kind of what it feels like right now. So, you know, speaking of, you know, quarterback stone interceptions, let's, let's talk more about Desmond Ritter and, as I expected, the Falcons put this game on him to win, and he came up short. And, and that begs the question over whether or not this is going to be the last chance. That was what we saw on Sunday, the last chance for Desmond Ritter uh, in Atlanta. So we'll break that down as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons. Now, good, bad, or in between, it is tough to root for your favorite team on an empty stomach. So order your faves with DoorDash, whether your team is winning Order something to celebrate, whether they're losing, order that pick-me-up. DoorDash has the unbeatable deals on everything you need for your watch pay, watch party or tailgate. All your favorite restaurants, stores from retail to grocery are all on the app so that you can be game day ready. So get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, don't forget to use that code LOCK23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more, subject to change, terms apply. So continuing today's Locked On Falcons, we're going to talk more about Desmond Ritter in a second, but I do want to plug the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel if you want to get caught up on all the news around the nation, the world, across all the leagues. Locked On Sports Today is the first of its kind 24-7 streaming channel, so check it out, as well as the Locked On Sports Atlanta 24-7 streaming channel, so you can stay caught up on all the local headlines as well. So um, is Desmond Ritter done? 
maybe we'll see. I don't know. I don't have a definitive answer, but I'm leaning a certain way is, is kind of the answer to that question. Now we talked leading up to this game that given the injuries that the Falcons were going to have on their offensive line, that they were likely to put this game on Desmond Ritter to win. And, and that proved to be true. Like their game plan early on was let's you know throw the ball sort of short, high percentage passes to try to get him into a rhythm and all that stuff. The run game was not that effective early in the game. They were at a 33% success rate on like nine handoffs in the first half. And so I think when a lot of people look back at the box score and they see Ritter drop back, you know, I think 45 times when you count scrambles as well. And the Falcons run the ball 24 times, you know, they look at that as that that's wrong. But that to me was not a surprise. That to me is what I expected to see in this game. And, and unlike other people, I, I don't see that as a negative, right? That's one of the beauties of why you listen to Lockdown Falcons, because we here on Lockdown Falcons, you know, on Tuesday told you this was the game it was going to be while everybody else is still sitting here, you know, you know, hours after the game on Sunday being like, I don't understand why the game was like this. And it's like, we told you that like four or five days ago <laughs> that this was going to be the game. But um, so, I, you know, I don't have the criticism that I'm sure some of you guys have for Arthur Smith or his game plan or his play calling or whatever. Like, I, I that's whatever. Um, you know, this game to me set up exactly how the Falcons kind of wanted it. And I don't think their quarterback was able to take advantage. He missed some throws. You had a couple of drops, right? You, you left some big plays on the field. You know, you did have a great game by De Drake London. We'll talk about that more later, but you know, you were able to survive the offensive line injuries, right? You went into this game with Dolman and McGarry missing the game, two starters down, two starters, Jake Matthews basically exited the game on the second series, I think, uh, with a knee injury. And it sounds like, based off of the post-game post, post comments from Arthur Smith, that that isn't serious. But obviously, we'll get an update on that tomorrow, officially. Chris Lindstrom missed, I think, a series with an ankle injury. Uh, but he did come back in the game um, as well. So he didn't miss too much time. But you kind of had to survive for most of this game with Tyler Vrabel at left tackle, Ryan Newsle at center, and Storm Norton at right tackle. And to those guys' credit, and we'll see what the film says, but at least watching the game initially, they did their jobs from the best I could tell. So to me, this game was set up where Desmond Ritter could kind of change the narrative, and he didn't really change the narrative. Now, I had someone on the Locked on Falcons Insiders sort of ask me, like, if Ritter has the big game that, you know, I was sitting here talking about him potentially having, you know, would that give him the respect that, uh, from national folks? And, I, you know, I told that person that, you know, you know Ritter's always going to be polarizing for a bunch of reasons, just like all quarterbacks are polarizing. Uh, it's not specific to Desmond Ritter. It's, it's all quarterbacks. Uh, but, you know, my 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 follow up with, with to that person would be, you know, you, you shouldn't care too much about Ritter getting national respect. There's only two opinions that you guys should care about when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons and their players. It's your opinion and my opinion. Now, I say my opinion, not out of arrogance, but, you know, the fact that you're sitting here listening or watching me talk means that you do care about my opinion. So I'm going to mention my opinion. But, you know, whether some random person on Fox Sports or ESPN likes Desmond Ritter should be inconsequential. To you, if you like Desmond Ritter and if I like Desmond Ritter, that, that's the only two opinions you should care about. But that's neither here nor there. So, you know, it felt like this game was there for the taking for Desmond Ritter and it kind of slipped through his fingers. Right. And we, we've seen him play well against the Bucs. That's part of the reason why I was optimistic and hopeful, because you go back to that week 18 game last year against the Bucs. You go back to the week seven game against the Bucs. That was arguably his second best game of the year. And that, the week 18 game in 2022 was his best game of the year. So it's like two out of Ritter's like three best games in his first 14 starts came against the Bucks, And so you're like, okay, it's there, right? It's there for the taking and it slipped through his fingers. And so while I'm not going to sit here and say it's, it's done, Desmond Ritter's done here in Atlanta. 
I'll, I'll just admit that for me personally, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, I'm kind of at a point where there's no point for me, at least, to really be buying in at this point in time. Now, he could absolutely ball out over these last four games and we'll have to reassess everything I've just said over the last five minutes of this podcast. But and, and I certainly don't know exactly what I'll be talking about two weeks from now because, you know, I can only control what I can control and I take it a day at a time on this podcast. But my mindset is basically I'm not expecting Desmond Ritter like this game was to me. This was his golden opportunity to have a breakthrough game. And I don't think he's going to get another golden opportunity to have that sort of breakthrough game where we can sit there and say, OK, he turned a corner. He he might have that it factor. Right. To me, this game was set up to be kind of a playoff game for the Falcons. Right. Where it was a must win sort of scenario type of game. And. It was kind of like a better yet. It's a practice run for the playoffs because, like, obviously the Bucks are not a playoff caliber team. Although they might wind up, you know, making the playoffs this year because of the division they play in. But like, you know, if we were going to win this division, be the four seed, host the playoff team, presumably the second place team in the NFC East, right? Like, you you know, this is part of the reason why, like, I'm not upset with the Falcons, quote unquote, abandoning the run as other people may be. You're not going to run the ball 40 times and beat Dallas or Philadelphia. Is, is what I'm suspecting, right? You know, maybe, maybe, but I don't think that, I don't think that's going to be your formula for that. We're going to, we're going to play a low scoring, you know, ball control type of game. And we're going to beat one of those two teams. It's like, okay, good luck with that. Uh, I, I will say going up against those two defense, like, okay, you, you're not going to try to score points against us. So um, anyway, I, the point I'm trying to make is like, you were probably going to need a game where your quarterback dropped back to throw 45 times. If you were going to win a playoff game. And so like this was your kind of practice run to see in a sort of critical moment, is your quarterback capable of doing that? Right. And again, kind of fell short. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with Desmond Ritter. Right. We'll see, you know, what my opinion, if it changes after watching the film, but you know, I, I watched some of the quarterback prospects this past week. I watched quite a bit of JJ McCarthy out of Michigan and Jaden Daniels out of LSU the sort of prohibitive favorites to be QB three and QB four in some order in this draft after Drake may of North Carolina and Caleb Williams of USC as the QB one and QB two in some order, right? That's kind of the expectations right now. And I watched both of those guys and I'll probably continue watching more quarterbacks because I'm, I'm kind of at a point where I'm, I've been hopeful that Desmond Ritter would kind of solve the Falcons, you know, quarterback problem. And I'm now at a point where I, I think it was like, okay, well, I don't know if he's going to be the guy. And I know some of you guys already came to that conclusion two months ago, but you know, as I say, you know, you may care about my opinion. <laughs> I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> uh, kidding. Or am I? Um, no, but you know, I, I'll just say like, you know, I watch more film of the Falcons quarterback than anybody else. So like, you know, I don't need to, uh, you know, your opinion is not going to change my opinion, you know, uh, is, is basically what I'm saying. But anyway, so I, I'm just kind of at a point where it's like, okay, n- now I'm looking for a- alternative options. Cause I don't know if Ritter's that guy. Right. So maybe I'll feel better after watching the film, but it, you know, we, we talked about not doing a referendum on Desmond Ritter until the end of the season. And, you know, maybe it's the emotions talking, maybe I'll feel differently, you know, in 48 hours when I, after I watched the all 22, but this game kind of feels like a referendum on Desmond Ritter. So we'll 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 see how that holds up over the next you know 48 hours and whether, you know, I come back and watch the film and, and feel better, right? You know, I might come away and be like, you know what? He just missed like three, it was three bad bad throws. And it's like, oh well, you know, 
maybe we'll see, but that's kind of where I'm at. So we'll wrap up today's episode talking about some of the positives, including Drake London's performance, the offensive line, Clark Phillips, et cetera. And we'll get into that to finish out today's uh, rapid reaction locked on Falcons. Now, first, I want to tell you about prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And now that basketball season is here, I can't uh, help but be excited about prize picks new feature, which is their specials league where you combine combine different sports, different leagues. Right. If you're, for example, if you uh, bring up the app on, on prize picks right now for Sunday Night Football, you can combine you know, Jalen Hurts and Micah Parsons on past touchdowns and sacks, right? That's what the specials league is about. You can combine different sports, different projections, you know, same league, different leagues, all that stuff and more. So if you have the skills, you can find a way to turn $10 into $250 with prize picks. Just pick two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats. And it's just you versus the projections, not you versus anybody else. And the more entries you make, the more money you can make up to 25 times your money. Quick withdrawals, easy game playing, enormous selection of players and stat types is why prize picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, we do the, the Locked on Falcons insiders. That's where you get access to the uh, extended all 22 reviews. This past week, we did uh, a full hour of, you know, high definition video film breakdown uh, in addition to the regular um, all 22 review that, you know, the rest of you non-insiders, you you peasants, you commoners uh, get. So if you want to be elevated in your thoughts on, on the Falcons, uh, by all means, become an insider hit the link in the description below is that join subtext.com slash locked on falcons not only do you get access to that extended all 22 review you get that one-on-one feedback with me so all day long i've been going back and forth with the insiders you know my riding that roller that emotional roller coaster being like okay they did this or are they going to do it you know all that stuff so that's the beauty of being a locked on falcons insider and it's a 14-day free trial and then after that's 4.99 a month but you know you can try it for two weeks and see it out so uh join that in the link in the description below but um, wrapping up today's episode, um, mentioned the offensive line stepping up, right? The depth stepped up. Now we'll, again, we'll see what the film says, but you know, that's one of the positives from this game. Again, it wasn't all terrible, right? You know, it, it, you know, you look at this game and it's like, the Falcons, you know, we'll, we'll see if I think differently when I watch the film, but the Falcons outplayed the Bucks. If you ask it they just, again, that's what's making it so frustrating that they just blew the opportunities and they had to win the game. Um, but you know, when it comes to the offensive line, you know, we had a major concern coming out of training camp. Oh, the depth on this offensive line is bad, right? We, we joked about this. I was like, you know, pray for, you know, when you, when you lay down your head at night and you're doing your prayers, pray for the ligaments and joints of all the, all five starters of the Falcons offensive line, because they are incredibly thin and maybe they're not as thin as we thought they were based off of today's performance. So, you know, shout out to Dwayne Ledford. If, if, if that holds up watching the film, and, you know, probably the big takeaway from the game, the biggest positive was, you know, was this the best Drake London game ever, right? 10 catches, 172 yards on 11 targets. And that 11th target, I think, was a drop slash pass breakup uh, by Kayvon Merriweather, where Ritter, I mean, London had the catch on like a 20, I think a, I think the uh, broadcast said it was like a 26-yard gain. And Mer- Merriweather kind of knocked it out at the last second as Ritter was going um, – Ritter. Why do I keep saying Ritter? London was going to the ground. So London nearly had a 200 yard game is basically all that to say. So, um, you know, it's funny because on Saturday talking with the locked on Falcons discord link in the description below, if you want to join that, 
and, and talk about some of these things. Um, you know, someone asked me, do I think London is a number one receiver? And I was kind of like, eh, borderline number one, number two. And so, of course, you know, he had this type of game. And so I was like, okay, maybe maybe I was too low on him. And another player, maybe I was too low on is Clark Phillips, right? He had a pretty solid game. He got to start opposite A.J. Terrell uh, in Jeff Akuda's absence in this game um, and played pretty well, right? Made some mistakes, but, you know, some rookie mistakes, uh, some technical issues. But for the most part, you know, held up pretty well against Chris Godwin. Like Chris Godwin had some opportunities and Godwin dropped a bunch of those opportunities. But, you know, Clark Phillips did his darndest, um, you know, to to be in Godwin's hip pocket all all game long. So credit goes to Clark Phillips because if you had asked me going into the Sunday, I would have been like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, uh, kudos to Clark Phillips for for stepping up. Kudos for A.J. Terrell for stepping up. You know, Mike, Mike Evans was a non-factor in this game. He had one catch for eight yards on like six targets or something like that. And that one catch came, you know, on a in midway through the third quarter on like a blown coverage where he kind of found a soft spot in the Falcon zone underneath and I think converted a third down or something like that. So other than that, he was pretty much locked down. Now, some of that is on the quarterback missing throws. You know, shout out to Baker Mayfield, who was doing his best um, <laughs> despite, you know, <laughs> to to be the second best quarterback in this game, uh, despite Desmond Ritter <laughs> doing his best. It was it was a race to basically, you know, between those two guys, at least sort of my initial opinion was. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the depth that we needed to kind of step up kind of did, right? Andre Smith stepped in for an injured Nate Landman and from my eyes wasn't a disaster, right? Nearly had to play the game with that near, you know, fumble uh, force at the, at the end of the game, um, potentially. So, um, you know, some positives from this game, I would say, you know, and my suspicion is when I watched the film on Tuesday, the all 22, like I'll probably just come away being like, yeah, man, the Falcons outplayed the bucks and the five plays, the five blown opportunities, missed kick, you know, a missed throw here or there, you know, that red zone play, a, a missed deep shot to Scotty Miller, um, et cetera. And like, we, you know, it, that, that I feel like that's going to be what I come away with on Tuesday, feeling like that, 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 those, those, that handful of plays that the Falcons did not take advantage of was the difference in the outcome of this game. So it, it's frustrating. I know it's been frustrating all year long to watch this team get all these opportunities and squander nearly all of them. Um, and they did so once again this past Sunday. And and so I'm just kind of at a point where it's like, you know, we, we've, been, we've been talking for the last three weeks about them turning a corner. And I felt like they tried to turn the corner and they ran into a stop sign and they knocked themselves out. That's what it feels like to me. And again, maybe I'll feel differently in, in a couple of days. Um, maybe they'll, they'll get it together and, you know, still finish the season strong, win three out of the last four or, or run the table and win four. And we we're sitting here with the, the most lackluster nine or 10 win season ever in the history of Falcon sports, um, which seems inevitable at this point in time. And, you know, I sit here and I say, even though I, I might be, you know, I, again, I don't know if I'm completely out on Desmond Ritter, but I, I'm, I'm basically like shopping. That's basically what I'm like, you know, I, I got my old beat up clunker of a car, right. And it still gets me, you know, where I need to go, but you know, I'm, I'm going to take some test drives this is basically where I'm at with the Falcons quarterback situation, but we'll, we'll just sort of see if, uh, you know, he could take care of business moving forward. So that's kind of where I'm at guys. 
I lost my train of thought. There was something, there was a point I was going to build to and I forgot what it is. And I'll remember a minute, the minute I'm done recording this episode, but basically we'll, we'll sort of see, they, they no longer have the benefit of the doubt for me and Ritter no longer has the benefit of the doubt for me. So that's it. I appreciate all you guys. Um, I hope you have a great week, rest of your weekend. I hope you enjoy, you know, whatever football, you know, you check it out the rest of the, rest of the night tomorrow whatever um hope you have a great holidays happy hanukkah merry christmas all that and more yeah <laughs> what else do i have anything else to say no i don't i don't i don't think i have anything else to say so we'll be back with more tomorrow on the pod we'll see if i can scrounge up a guest i always forget like every weekend i go into the weekend thinking oh i need to hit up somebody to be the guest on the show. And I always forget, um, you know, everybody's waiting for the weekend, but anyway, that's it guys. Check out locked on sports today, streaming channel, locked on sports, Atlanta streaming channel, become a locked on Falcons insider, join the discord, all both links in the description below, uh, continue to make us your first listen each and every day. Enjoy the holiday season. Take your mind off the Falcons. And, um, that's it. It's all part of locked on podcast network, your team every day.